strap on the boots and scrape up the knuckles. Oh, what a hit! He got jacked. This is the Big Red Raid. Presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. <laughs> the Rage is brought to you by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Rising, vision blurring, rage taking over. Here's Paul Calvisi. Get the popcorn ready. It's gonna be a show. And Ron Wolfley. It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury! And we start by quoting Zach Ertz. Mr. Two touchdowns and one spike in the face of the 12s. Quote. Really? There is no worse feeling than losing before the bye week. Well, the Arizona Cardinals don't have to worry about that. Not after winning in Seattle for the fifth time in seven years. As it turns out, Ron Wolfley, you were there. It was raining in Seattle. It was raining down booze from the 12s, ripping the home team as the fans actually left early just like Coach Double Rainbow bolted his press conference early. Afterwards, as they have hit rock bottom in Seattle, thanks to the Arizona Cardinals in a 23-13 win that leaves the Cardinals, wait for it, 9-2, 6-0 on the road, 4-0 in the division. Success, Ron Wolfley. Can you handle it tonight on the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert? We are Santan Ford. Well, of course I can handle it, Polly. The question is, can you handle it from your sideline perspective right now? It's amazing that you bring that up because as as the booze were starting to rain down, I looked at Dave Pash and I was like, have you ever heard that before? Never. It was never, Polly. You've been there as well. You've been on that sideline. Have you ever heard the 12s? Booing Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks. Not once. And and look, the Cardinals have won up there before. Never have they turned on the home team. And I think it's the realization that, oh boy, we're not very good and we're old. Oh boy, we're not very good, we're old, and we don't have much of a future when it comes to draft picks. Thanks to the Jamal Adams trade and some other busted first-round picks. I mean, uh, things are looking dire. In the Pacific Northwest. And Polly, think about this right here. There was a fourth down play where the Arizona Cardinals went for it. A fourth down play that they targeted Jamal Adams. Think about that for a minute right now. Okay, where Colt McCoy, they cleared everybody out and they put Zach Ertz on. They put Zach Ertz on Jamal Adams and Colt McCoy targeted him, Paul. Stop and think about that. And they got a DPI against him because in man cover, he can't do it. He can't. Think about this. You're t- How much money did Jamal Adams get, Paul? How, oh. how much was oh. he paid? I'm telling you what, it was, it was a boatload up there in Seattle that he got. And you're telling me that you're going to get targeted because you can't cover a man in man coverage? That, that, is, that is unbelievable. Well, Wolf, if you would have been listening to the sideline reports, what did we say near the top of the broadcast from the field that if they had their chances, yes, downfield in coverage, they would go after number 33. And that's what they did in that critical moment. It was it was one of a 
bunch of Cliff Kingsbury play calls. And look, oh yeah, I'm like you, Wolf, and it's you know it's yes. so subjective. And how the heck is Paulie Pencilnet qualified to? But when it comes to the old laminated play sheet, I mean, Cliff Kingsbury was on his A game, was he not? Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it, Polly. I thought this was one of his best games, one of his best called games. Oh, there was one call, I'll, I'll tell you right now. And again, remember remember the shuttle pass to Larry Fitzgerald? Remember that play that Dave, of course, he called it a shovel pass. I call it the shuttle pass. I understand uh, different terminologies right there. But remember that play and Larry scored in a touchdown and that play to me was so well thought out. It was a play, who knew, they were practicing for two years and practice and had never used in a game, and then suddenly B.A. called it. And that was one play that I pointed to and said, what a great call that truly is. Play number two, where I've ever said that in like 17 years of broadcasting, happened up in Seattle with Cliff Kingsbury. And all of a sudden, the Colt McCoy quarterback draw. That, to me, Paul, nobody saw that coming. Nobody saw that. James Conner leading up through the hole. That was so well thought out, so well executed. It caught the Seahawks by surprise, and the Arizona Cardinals had a first and goal. All right, so two notes on that. Number one, what did Cliff Kingsbury tell us in the postgame radio interview? That he'd been sitting on that for a couple of weeks. He wanted to call it against right. Carolina, but he's like, I'm not going to waste it in this game because this, this game's a goner. Number two... Colt McCoy was a guest on the Dave Pash podcast, and coming up a little bit later on the Big Red Rage, he'll give you the inside and the insight on that that play call in particular right there. Love that. But first, here's Cliff Kingsbury on the message heading into the Seattle showdown. We talked about what was in front of us uh, beginning of the week. You know, we were so disappointed after last week, but we came in, we pointed out, hey, this is what's in front of us, the best record in football and undefeated in the division going into our bye week. And any of us would have taken that and started this thing. So let's finish it. Let's get to that point. How many times did he say after the game that the Cardinals were ticked off? He didn't exactly use that word, ticked, but they were ticked off and they were angry. And you know what? Any team that loses like that at home to Carolina, a lackluster game. Yes. You know, it was. Yes. It's almost. It's almost like they took a sick day from from work. It's like they were sick of playing football. I mean, they just didn't show up. But the way they responded, and did we not talk about that before the game? It's all about how you respond to a game like that because that seemingly has happened to every single division leader. No, you're right, Paulie. It really has. It's not just the Arizona Cardinals. No way. It's happened to a lot of good teams across the league. I'd say over the last three weeks if you went back and looked at it man I think most people would be stunned at how many good teams I'm talking maybe not great teams but good teams lost to sub 500 teams here's here's what I I love right now the most about where the Arizona Cardinals are at nine and two going into the bye poly it's the fact that they are now six and oh on the road and have now beat four playoff teams from a year ago Paul Four playoff teams from a year ago in their stadium by double digits. <laughs> Four Taste of that. them. Four a pull. That that is that is the hallmark right there. That is a calling card of being a really, really good football team. Uh, Chandler Jones is a really, really good football player. Correct. He is your NFC Defensive Player of the Week for the second time this season after two sacks, three quarterback hits, two tackles for loss. He had four tackles overall and a forced fumble. And guess what? Preach he led the ball. way for a Cardinals defense that paved the way to this 9-2 and two record. Here's Chandler. 
to walk off the field with the best record in the NFL, I mean, it's it's an amazing feeling. Um, it goes to show you that uh, none of the work goes in vain that we put in throughout the week. And uh, in order for us to do it without, you know, Kyler and, and D-Hop, it goes to show you the, the strength of our depth, you know, next man up. And, and that, that all reflects to our to our front office and, and, our, and our coaches. How about Chandler also saying after the game that Colt McCoy told him, you know what, just play more, feel the game, think less. Almost like in baseball when you're a slump, you tell a hitter, you go get up there and just say, you know what, uh, see ball, hit ball. Keep it simple. You have all the moves. You have all the experience. It, it was interesting to hear him say that Colt McCoy was the guy who gave him some value-added advice. Well, Paulie, how many times have we had the conversation about accountability? Accountability. That's part of accountability. It is. The fact that you would walk up to a teammate and actually say something to him that you think is going to help him. That's what Colt McCoy did. And then it speaks to the incredible humility, the accountability of Colt McCoy, a leader who's been around for a long time and watched a lot of football, not only on tape, but live and in person as well, and watching Chan and feeling comfortable enough to walk up to Chan and give him that little tip right there. You know what? Just, just play. It looks like you're thinking too much. And, and then here's the, here's the second part of it that I love, the humility of Chandler Jones to receive that, Paul. To receive that from a backup quarterback. I mean, here's a guy who's led the NFL in sacks ever since he entered the league 2012. Here's a guy who easily could have looked down at Colt McCoy and said, you know what, I sack guys like you for breakfast. What are you telling me about how to do my job? But he didn't take it that way, right? So, you know, that's how this team... That's And Wolf, is that not evidence of the evolution uh, from a year ago? The leadership provided and leader, and then yes. some of that input received. Yes, once again, though, Paulie, it really is. It's, it's the accountability. It, it explains what is going on inside that locker room. You and I, we've heard the reports. There's nobody in that locker room that isn't accountable to somebody else. There's nobody in that locker room who doesn't have a peer. There's nobody in that locker room that other guys can't walk up to and speak into their career, so to speak. Speak into their life and what it is that they're doing. I love the accountability. You got a bunch of dogs, Paul. They got a bunch of dogs barking in that locker room. And I'll tell you what Cliff Kingsbury loved. You know what? Doing something about those slow starts that he cited here and there, right? They come out, they go 16 plays, they go 82 yards. They had three third down conversions, and Cliff Kingsbury talked about that after the Seattle win. Yeah, I thought Cole was tremendous on third down, checking it down when it wasn't there, um, getting through his progressions and uh, extending drives, and that really kind of put us over the top. Yeah, the decision-making for Colt McCoy, obviously that was big. Then speaking of Colt McCoy, I mean, think about it. Vance Joseph said it, Wolf. This week he said, how many teams lose their starting quarterback and then actually win two out of three division road games? He said most teams in that situation go 0 for 3. Here's Colt McCoy on winning as a starter. Well, to be honest, it's just my responsibility. That's how I see it. I came here to be a part of this team and this group, and when your number is called, like, that's my role. I'm proud to have won a couple of games on the road, uh, so I'm, I'm very thankful that Kyler got one more week of rest. We got a win going into the bye week. All the bumps and bruises and Hopkins and some of the old linemen can have some time to rest and recover, and we're in a pretty good shape to move forward. What do you think that says to every other guy on that sideline? What do you think that says to every other guy in that locker room, Paul, that Colt McCoy went out there and played as well as he did 
two of the three games. No, forget about the Carolina game. All right, I mean, there was nobody who played well. At least in my in my assessment, there was nobody that actually played well in that Carolina game. I mean, I thought Big Red had a bad game against Carolina. <laughs> no, what are you it, doing? It was it was bad. But I mean, Paul, even the- stop and think about it, man. What that says to every guy on that sideline and in that locker room, you do your job. Colt's going to be fine. If, if Kyler goes down, the Arizona Cardinals are going to be fine. You do your job. Don't you worry about it. Colt McCoy is worthy enough. He's good enough to win games. You do your job. That's what it says, and that's a beautiful thing. And it's those two other sayings players like to say, right? Next man up, and the standard is the standard. Yes. You still go out and expect to win. Hey, Episode 8 of Cardinals Folktales entitled Money Mike's Redemption, available now on Cardinals' YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash Cardinals. an original audio podcast also available. Search Cardinals Folktales at your favorite podcast provider. And then Cardinals Flight Plan, Ready to Rise, premieres tonight at 7 on the YouTube channel as well. We continue with the Big Red Rage. Shovel pass to Ertz straight ahead. He catches it and walks in for the touchdown. Fires a deep ball right side. Jump ball caught. A.J. Green went up high and got it. Shotgun snap to McCoy. Ball's loose on the ground. He picks it up, throws over the middle, and it's caught for a touchdown by Ertz. McCoy off play action goes over the middle. And what a catch by Green in Seattle territory and a high pass. You had A.J. Green run across the middle with the Inspector Gadget. Go, go, Gadget. Get a ball. Snap to McCoy. He pumps right. Now he's taken down on the right side, but he gets out of there. Runs to the left. Still running. Now throws on a diving attempt, and it's caught by Ertz inside the 35 at the 34 for 15 yards. McCoy, quarterback sneak up the middle to the 15 of the 10. McCoy cuts left, and he's wrapped up and thrown down to the 8-yard line. Snap to McCoy. Give to Connor up the middle. Into the end zone. The NFL's leader in touchdowns just got another one, and that might put away the Seahawks here in Seattle. 413 total yards. The Cardinals ran 30 more plays than the Seahawks, 79 to 49. They were 7 of 14 on third down, red zone 3 of 4, time of possession 40 to 22 to 19-38. And now Colt McCoy, he has more wins in Seattle in his two starts the last two years, then Russell Wilson and the Seahawks have at home all season long. They are now 1-4 and four at home, whereas Cole McCoy, we were wondering before the game, who's the real McCoy? Mm-hmm. Well, based on the completion percentage and the numbers and the performance, uh, yes, you go back to the 49ers win as the Cardinals get the W on the road. It is the Big Red Rage presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert. Yours truly, Paul Calvisi and Ron Wolfley. Here's the one thing I want to say about this, Paulie. Uh, Colt McCoy now, you've had your backup quarterback start. How many games, Paul, is it? Is it three, three. I believe, right, Paulie? Three. It's three games, Paulie. You've had your backup quarterback start. And then, of course, you've had Kyler Murray in the other games they have the number one quarterback rating in the National Football League. Did you know that, Paul? Combined. Combined. Yeah. So Absolutely. the Cardinals quarterback rating is number one. Number one, Polly, right Did there. Did not know that. And you've played your backup quarterback in three games. He started those three. I mean, honestly, right. I, I think, well, listen, quarterback rating isn't the end-all, be-all. No. It isn't. But I'll, I'll tell you what, Paul, year after year after year, you look at the top ten quarterbacks, 
The usual suspects appear, put it that way. And one of your favorite metrics, correct me if I'm wrong, if to assess a defense yes. is quarterback rating against. Defensive quarterback rating, correct. And the and Arizona so, Cardinals are number seven in that and, regard, Paulie. And look, it's not like Colt McCoy went out there and he was a game manager. The dude attempted right. 44 passes. He was 35 of 44 for 328, two touchdowns, no picks. That passer rating of 113. Yes. So, you know, yeah. And, and think of how different, how different a challenge it is for a defense. And, and, and from what I could tell, just from the sideline, they went back to the Niners game plan. And that was, guess what? We're going to run the ball. We're going to run it between the tackles. But then the ball is going to come out of Colt's hand real quick. And he's going to get it to the perimeter or he's going to just hit some slants and some quick curls. But the ball's going to come out quick. We're going to get him into a rhythm, which is what Drew Stanton told us before the mm. game. That's the key for any backup quarterback because they always have some rust on him, even though he's been playing recently. If you can get that guy into a rhythm early, get him some of that confidence. Yeah, you know what's amazing about this too, Paulie? When you look at the Arizona Cardinals offense and what they're doing right now, it's fascinating. Personnel is a big deal. 11 personnel, one back, one tight end, three wide receivers. We all know about four wide receivers, that being 10 personnel. 12 personnel, of course, is one back, two tight ends. But when you start breaking down these personnel groups, all the way through 11 weeks of the season right now, 11 personnel in rundown situation is the number one personnel group for the Arizona Cardinals. Not really a surprise, 11 personnel, one back, one tight end, three wide receivers. 47% of the time, Paulie, when they're in that, 47% of the time. Then they've got 12 personnel, which is 29% of the time, Paulie, in rundown situation. And then 10 personnel is 14% of the time. I guarantee you that leads the National Football League 14% of the time in rundown situations. But what's fascinating about it is when you go inside these personnel groups and look at the run-pass ratio, it is, this is not the air raid, Polly. This is the run raid. When you look at 11 personnel, one back, one tight end, three wide receivers in rundown situations, 51% of the time they throw it, 49% of the time they run it. But when you look at 10 personnel, Paul, which is four wide receivers, it is truly incredible. 46% pass, 54% run. Wow. Paul. Wow. Out of 10 personnel. And then you stop and you think of how many times you've seen James Conner line up next to Kyler Murray or Colt McCoy and run the ball in between the tackles out of 10 personnel. It's truly amazing. You know what it makes me think of, too, is the last edition of Game Plan with Cliff Kingsbury, his weekly TV show. And if you want to see the clip, go to the Cardinals' Twitter account last Friday night because they tweeted it out. And, Wolf, you asked Cliff Kingsbury about some of those run percentages, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and his response was sort of gallows humor, you know, in his self-deprecating <laughs> way. He said, oh, oh we got to do something about that. we got to you know? change it because right. they were number four. Now, this was, right. this was before the Seattle game. They were number four, Paulie, in the National Football League league in run rate <laughs> right <laughs> running at 47.5 percent of the right. time he's sandbagging though he knows what he's doing oh, he knows he, exactly he, what he, he's he, doing you know it's sort of like larry Fitzgerald on golf and in, in his handicap he's just sandbagging yeah, he knows right, exactly larry, whatever he knows what the numbers are okay so what by up the way, larry if you're listening by the way before we hear from cole mccoy and uh, on the big red rage here because he was on the dave pash podcast and it's interesting as long as you're citing some of those numbers did you see some of the next gen stats about the cardinals offense and how in the game against seattle the win they relied on play action 
33% of the dropbacks. And on those dropbacks, Colt McCoy was 13 of 14 for 132 and a touchdown. Oh, my goodness. They also relied on quick passes. 73% of his attempts were considered quick passes. He went 25 of 32 for 201 and two touchdowns. So there's definitely <laughs> – big. There's a method to the madness. There's no doubt about it, although it's different when it's Colt McCoy seemingly versus Kyla Murray. But as you cited, combined, the Cardinals have the number one passer rating in the NFL, and Colt McCoy was asked by Dave on the Dave Pash podcast just about when he joined the Cardinals and some of the scouting he did of the team, and in particular, Kyler Murray. First thing I did was just watch our games. Watch Kyler, how he play, like he does some things that's like, dude, I can't do that. Like <laughs> nobody can. I told somebody like we, Cliff called it quarterback draw. You know they hadn't played a bunch of man, but they were switching things up in that last drive to go score. They showed me different looks almost every play, right? And so he called in a quarterback draw, and I was like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and so it worked, right? We, James made a nice block. We I got through the line of scrimmage, and I was like the only difference between me running i got the first down kyler probably would have scored right there (laughs) (laughs) paulie that was the play i cited yes yes that was it right there i could not it was i thought it was a great call nobody saw that coming including colt mccoy and you know what? Cliff Kingsbury, after the game, said he'd been sitting on that. That that wasn't just a spur of the moment. He had that in for the Carolina oh, game. He didn't want to waste it in that game because it got out of hand in a hurry. And so, you know, it's really interesting. And and as Dave continued with Colt McCoy, um, you know, they got a little more into Kyler Murray and, and just the talent that Kyler is. And, and at the end of that game, down on the field, Kyler Murray was leaving, and the Red Sea had taken over, and they're on the front rail in Seattle, and they're chanting MVP, MVP. MVP like they've done in a lot of the road games. See, here's Colt McCoy's take though on his teammate Kyler Murray. Kyler is so unique in how he sees the game. Like it's it's very impressive. He's very smart. He plays with feel. Some of the guys I've played with are just very routine and structured, and they know the game so well. They're great at situational football. They they study it. They were, and Kyler is at at the top of the list on on a lot of those things. He sees it right. He plays the field. He knows the coverages and structures, and he knows how Cliff wants the, the offense to be run. So so let me get this straight. Let me translate this. You tell me where I'm going wrong here. Okay, he you're has wrong, Bo. All the athleticism. I mean, arguably, every time he takes the field, he's the best athlete on the field. Yeah. We know he has the arm talent. He can make every single throw. So now if Colt McCoy is also telling us that he can read coverages, and we've seen that, yes. and we've heard that from the head coach, that he is much farther along and has evolved as a quarterback, getting to his second, third, and sometime fourth reads, his progressions, okay. But but he also has a feel for the game, an yes. intrinsic feel for the game that isn't always natural or to, or second nature to a lot of different quarterbacks. Man, that those four components combined makes him lethal, does it no, not? No, there's no doubt, oh, Paulie. I mean, it's one of the reasons why. You know me. I, I drag my feet in naming a franchise quarterback. Well, if it I took do, you two I, and a half it, years. Have, I, you, I have, you, have you relented yet? I, have yes. you gotten that on the record? Yes, you know okay. that, Paul. You oh, know I just that. want to make was, sure. It was going into the, yeah. the, the Los Angeles Rams game, as a matter of fact, that I was right there on the cusp, and then after watching him dissect the Los Angeles Rams, it was like, you got to be kidding me. That this, same weekend, Ron guy, Wolfley got rid of look, his flip phone. He got look, rid of his Paulie. flip phone the same time. He came around and relented, finally. Just stop it right now. It's not a bad thing to make a human being prove you're a franchise quarterback. It isn't. It's, it, it's out of respect and deference 
for how unbelievable, unbelievably difficult it is to play quarterback in the National Football League and to do it over time and seasons. It's not just one season that you do it where, oh, that, there's a franchise quarterback, and then he comes back the next year and throws 25 picks. You, you've got to make a guy prove it. you got to make a guy earn it. And Kyler Murray has earned it, man. There is no doubt about it. You could tell five, six games into this season, you could see the growth from a year ago, and it was not even close. So, look, whether doesn't matter which quarterback it is. Cliff Kingsbury has schemed it up. You know, whether it was two different runs by Colt McCoy that resulted in two first downs, whether it's the, you know, tight end shovel pass to Zach Ertz, which Cliff Kingsbury told us after the game that Zach owes him because that's the easiest touchdown catch of his career. You know, whether it was the third and seven and the 20 yards to to Zach Ertz where Cole McCoy actually got away. The Cardinals have the best record in the NFL and they just spent the month of November without their franchise quarterback. (laughs) And DeAndre Hopkins. So feel that, buddy. And next up is going to be Chicago. Where do you get a load of the Chicago Bears on Thanksgiving starting tomorrow? Hey, choose the seat options that best fit your needs. Season tickets, single game, group tickets, club level seating, and more. Go to azcardinals.com tickets. For more info, we continue with the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Huh? Back to pass goes Wilson, steps up, gets hit, fumbles the ball as he's sacked at the 43. He did recover. Chandler Jones was back there for Arizona. Shotgun snap, straight drop back. Wilson in trouble, sacked by Isaiah Simmons. Back at the 36-yard line. Consecutive sacks by Jones and Simmons. Going to give to Collins on the stretch to the right drag. Down in the backfield and taken down by Chandler Jones. Wilson back to pass in trouble, hit it, sacked by Chandler Jones. Back at the 30-yard line. Jones can't be blocked. Wilson back to pass. Sack though by Marcus Golden and Chandler Jones. They meet at the quarterback back at the 30-yard line. How about that? How about a Cardinals defense at Seattle? Held the Seahawks to 2 of 10 on third down. Red zone. The Seahawks are just 1 of 3. Four sacks total. Two for Chandler Jones, the NFC Defensive Player of the Week. He said that he busted out his cleats from the four-sack game in 2019. (laughs) So it's got to be the shoes for Chandler Jones. He loves Seattle, man. He's always mugging behind the bench and playing with the fans behind the bench who are unloading, and they were pretty much silenced by the end of the game, which he he loves doing as the Cardinals get the victory and go to 9-2 and here on a bi-week edition of the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Paulie, I'm so glad you mentioned that right there because, honestly, the defense came out and they set the tone. In Seattle, if you ask me, they did. Yeah, they gave up four plays. They gave up a first down run on the very first play, and they moved the chains. But, man, they had two sacks of Russell Wilson in four plays, Ron. (laughs) Two sacks. That forced the Seahawks to punt, of course. Then the Arizona Cardinals took the ball, and what happened, Paulie? Oh, my goodness. I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen such a quick turnaround over the course of the first four plays of a game. Yes. The, the, I mean, the first play was an 18-yard run by Rashad Penny, which I think was his last carry of the game because he ended up in the medical tent again. Yeah. And then the next play got him to midfield. And, then, and, and honestly, I mean, come on now. The boxers were starting to bunge a little bit because the Cardinals have been ripped before on run defense. And then all of a sudden, Marcus Golden and Chandler Jones, they take over, and down goes Russell Wilson. And you're right. 
they were never the same after that. And then once the Cardinals got the lead, guess oh. what? Pin your ears back and go after Russ. Well, you think about it, Bully, once again, just the fact they started like that defensively, and then the offense took the ball 16 play drive, 82 yards for a touchdown that took 9 minutes and 27 seconds off the clock. Paul, I mean, that that just doesn't happen in the National Football League. Not very often, and yet that is how the Arizona Cardinals started that game, and that's the reason why, in my opinion, they finished it, too. And then later in the first half, there was a 13-play, 92-yard drive, six and a half minutes, and then obviously the game-clinching drive, the one where late third quarter, Cliff Kingsbury went to the offense. And and there's a great story from Darren Urban and azcardinals.com right now, a profile on Cliff Kingsbury. And that was his lead about what Cliff Kingsbury did, and I witnessed it late third quarter. You heard me relay it on the broadcast where he got the entire offense together. He rarely, if ever, does that. He was very adamant. He was barking at the guys. And we asked him about that after the game, and Cliff Kingsbury's message was, you know what? Guys were sitting around waiting for the game to end. I wanted them to go out and finish it. Yeah. And that's what they did. 10 plays, 67 yards, that game-clutching touchdown, 23-13. And, and they, they responded to the head coach. They've been responding to Cliff Kingsbury all year. He's had that extra edge on the sideline. And, and you know, Wolf, we've even had Chase Edmonds on the Big Red Rage tell us how much the guys are feeding off their head coach right now. There's no doubt, Paulie. Cliff Kingsbury right now has got to be the front-runner for coach of the year. Has He's got to be. And you know what? We're going to get to that in a moment. First, how about Buda Baker? Because you mentioned how they went after Russell Wilson. Well, Green Bay the week before, if you looked at the numbers and the percentages, they really rushed three or four most of the time. They really picked their spots as to when to blitz Russell Wilson, Green Bay, and they shut out Russell Wilson for the first time in his career. So here's Buda Baker on the philosophy. If you get them on second and long, we know that they're going to pass. And you get them the third down, that's when we can do our exotic pressures and, you know, have a little fun. So we focus on taking one play at a time. Once we get to third down, it was kind of party time in a sense. So those guys did a great job. Our D-line did a great job. Chan, Marcus, you know, got their sacks. And Wolf, it just comes back to what they always say. And, and, and it's not a cliche. Win first down. Yeah. If, if, if you can make it second and long, third and long, then look out. That That's when the eyes light up of those guys in the front seven. Oh, my goodness. They played so well, the defense. It was truly incredible. 16 first downs for the Seattle Seahawks. 266 yards overall. Paul, they only ran 49 plays. 49 plays, Paulie. They were one of three in the red zone. Not good. Scored 13 points. It was, listen, yeah. this... This was a huge performance by Vance Joseph and this defense. No doubt. Once again, Cardinals are now 4-0 in the division. They're 6-0 on the road. Every single win by double digits, 9-2. They're atop the NFL standings. They're atop the power rankings once again. And Cliff Kingsbury was asked by Darren Urban this week about, you know, whether he gets satisfaction on proving a lot of the doubters wrong. The only thing, you know, I like is – family members, uh, people that believed in me forever, them to actually not, you know, hear me called a dumbass all the time. So that's kind of the the biggest positive I take away from all of it. <laughs> I love that, man. That is so human. It's so real. It is. And, and you know what? It, he led everyone in to, I think, a very real emotion. Did he not? Yes. Because, and you know him. Hey, look, he'll deal with anything <laughs> and everything. But right. when it blows back on your family and your friends – you know, that's where these guys do it for a living and they're highly paid. 
and they're highly paid to have a thick skin. Yes. That's what happens. You know, that's why Pete Carroll leaving his press conference, when Pete Carroll's making eight figures a year, and, 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 and you know, and they've, they've had winning seasons every single year that Russell Wilson has been the quarterback, and then they hit a little adversity, and he pulls the plug, and he leaves the press conference. You know, how many tough losses has Cliff Kingsbury had from the first year to the the flame out the second half of last year, yes. right? And and has he he's always met the media and answered every single question. No doubt, Paulie. And I love what he did up in Seattle once again. Um, Cliff Kingsbury, he's always been smart and humble. We've talked about this all the time, Paulie. He's he's very smart and he's very humble. He he cites other teams, whether it's college or professional, where he's ripping plays off them. He cites that. I, I'm just telling you right now, you don't get a lot of head coaches that are quote-unquote football geniuses that will cite where they're ripping these plays off. I mean, you just don't get it. Especially when he's essentially in a contract year. Exactly when, right. When he's in a prove-it year, when you come into this season, and, and once again we get to the genesis of that question from Darren Urban, I mean, the national narrative was that Cliff Kingsbury is coaching for his job. If the Arizona Cardinals don't end the playoff drought that goes back to 2015, guess what? Michael Bidwell might clean house yes. of all the decision makers. Yes, but here's what I love right here. Not only is Cliff Kingsbury really, really smart, not only is he humble and has a modicum of humility that keeps him grounded and allows him to judge himself and look at himself without bursting into a million pieces and being his own heart critic he is but what i love about cliff kingsbury in year three is what we're seeing from him from an intensity perspective and paul yes you know this because you've seen it you've been down on the sideline where players are responding cliff kingsbury and he's got a little something something dripping down the side of his neck this year it's called intensity and i love it First half of the game at Tennessee, I actually took two steps back. I mean, the, <laughs> the intensity from Cliff Kingsborough, like, wow, whoa, okay. Uh, so now the question becomes, all right, where is this all going by the end of the year? Could he be the coach of the year? And that was a question from Dave Pash on the Dave Pash podcast, Adam Shine. He's a Sirius XM radio and CBS Sports Network host. Adam Shine on Cliff Kingsbury. I think Cliff Kingsbury is, is an absolute stud. Last year was a disappointment, I thought, for Arizona down the stretch of the season. Boy, Dave, this year has been has been fantastic. And in terms of where I put him for coach of the year now, top two. I mean, it's Cliff Kingsbury and Bill Belichick. Whatever order for coach of the year. How delicious is that dynamic that his former head coach, his first head coach in the NFL, when he was the third or maybe fourth string quarterback under Bill Belichick, now fast forward 20 years and he's vying with Coach Belichick to be the 2021 NFL Coach of the Year. <laughs> That's just I, I just love the way that works out. Yeah, no, I love that right there because, of course, we all know what the narrative was. We all know why there's been a lot of analysts across the country that have been dragging their feet on Cliff Kingsbury, and I think unfairly so. And it's all because of how he got the job. Right, Paul? Nobody, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The fact that he was fired from a college program, he never made it, wasn't a quote-unquote successful college head, head coach, and now all of a sudden he's the offensive coordinator for USC, and then you hire him from there when he hasn't even done anything over there as an offensive coordinator, and how could you possibly do that? Um, there was That was the narrative surrounding Cliff Kingsbury, and to his credit, and I respect him greatly for this, 
he has fought through all of that. He's fought through all of that, and it had to bother him. Some of the things that analysts were saying on a national radio show or a national television show, it had to bother him when he heard some of the things that was being said about him out there, how he didn't deserve it. And then to watch him right now through 11 weeks of the season become the clear front runner for coach of the year going into the 12th week of the season, man, I'm happy for him. And oh, by the way, Texas Tech has already fired the head coach they hired to replace Cliff Kingsbury. Think about that. Think, oh, maybe it wasn't an indication of his coaching acumen and ability. Maybe it just reveals how difficult it is to recruit to Lubbock, Texas. Maybe, just maybe. By the way, episode 17 of the Day Pash podcast featuring Sirius XM Radio and CBS Sports Network host Adam Shine, who we just heard from, available now wherever you get your podcasts. For the latest updates on the Day Pash podcast, follow along on Twitter at PashPod. And by the way, the national guys are still up to it. The AP poll, the power rankings, have the Cardinals number one. They got 11 out of 12 votes. That other first place vote went to Tennessee this week. A Tennessee team that lost to Houston, Wolf. Yeah. A Tennessee team that was jack stomped by the Arizona Cardinals <laughs> with Derrick Henry in week one. And this yeah. guy still puts Tennessee ahead of the Cardinals. Ridiculous. We wrap up the Big Red Rage right after this. This is a whole new team. It's a whole new year. You guys are going to get the best of us. It's a long season. Take a shot. It's the journey. Positive energy is infectious. It's infectious, and it's going to permeate throughout the building and then permeate throughout the valley. When the expectation is that high and you don't play as well as you plan to on Sunday, it hurts. You have to be able to embrace the pressure and respond. There's no chance we weren't winning that game. I feel like I just lead by example. Connor obviously brings such a different element. Ah! Meeting the guys, being with the guys, and exceeded my expectations. We were ready to hit somebody before the game started. There's no disrespect to the other team. It's just who we are. Maybe we're just better. Tick tock. Cardinals flight plan ready to rise premieres tonight at 7, top of the hour. Cardinals YouTube channel, that's youtube.com slash AZ Cardinals. You want all access, Emmy award-winning coverage of your Arizona Cardinals. you got to check out the latest Cardinals flight plan. Once again, we'll drop in a matter of moments. And we're talking on and off the field. We're talking in the locker room, riding into work, anything and everything. So, Wolf, here we are. This was the night before Thanksgiving. There may or may not be yours truly going Pauly Pale Ale with the latest edition of Cardinals Flight Plan ready to rise in about a half hour or so. Yeah, Pauly, no doubt about it. So where do you want to go in this beautiful part of the program now? What do you want to well, talk about? Not your Pale Ale, Paul. No, and, and we're done with the Seahawks. You know, as speaking of TV and so forth, I feel bad for America. Actually, the next Monday night football game features the Seahawks. So, you know, America doesn't need that. We're still trying to come out of these tumultuous times. Nobody needs more Seahawks football on prime time. We're done you know with Seattle. I like we're that. We're done ball. with Seattle. Even we're though just, we play them at the yeah. end of the season, of course. Week uh, atten- 18, Paul. Attention, Seattle. You're the only team, okay? You're one game above, or you're the next worst team besides the Lions. Think about that in the NFC. You're 15th in the NFC. The 16th would be the Lions. We all get to see tomorrow playing the Cardinals' next opponent, the Bears. But why do you think that the Cardinals maybe have not generated 
as much national attention and headlines as perhaps they might be worthy. Because I hashed yeah. this out on Channel 12 earlier today with Cam Cox. And here was my theory, Wolf. You can tell me if I'm wrong, and I know you will. Okay, so you were asking me, right? You really yeah. didn't want my answer, Paul. Is that what you're saying? You were asking me rhetorically. Well, I've learned I better give my answer real quick because your answer <laughs> is going to take the rest of the show. Okay, here, what did you say to Cameron Cox, Paul? Well, I think part of it is because the Cardinals have only had one primetime game, and they lost that game at the very end of Green Bay. And so... America, especially the East Coast, hasn't really seen the Cardinals. And so they have these notions of the Cardinals and what they think the Cardinals are all about. And maybe some of those were reinforced in that loss to Green Bay. But they haven't certainly seen any of the rest of the season in mass. Hence, I think there's almost a, a delayed reaction to just how potent the Cardinals have been this year. That's, that's a real possibility. There's no doubt about it. Once again, I think the Arizona Cardinals have to continue to keep their head down. I love what I'm hearing coming out of the locker room, Paul. I love what I'm hearing from their best players, and they really do got to model the culture and model how they feel and the chemistry inside that locker room for everybody else. I love what I'm hearing. They're keeping their head down and their eyes on the task. Just keep your head down and continue to ball out and play as hard as you possibly can. The 1-0 mantra is what I love. The 1-0. It's not just lip service. They believe it. Once again, Adam Shine is the guest on the Dave Pash podcast this week. Colt McCoy is next week, by the way, just to clarify there. And here's Adam Shine when Dave asked him about the Cardinals standing in the NFC. I think the Cardinals, they're a team on a short list of teams, by the way. And it's wild and wacky NFL season, I trust. I love the head coach. I love the defensive coordinator. I love the talent. I love how they take care of business. I love how they can play up to the competition. I, I love everything about them. I think Arizona, when Kyler's healthy, is the most well-rounded team in the NFC. And I think that's key, that last part there, because, Wolf, they're the only team in the NFL still top five in scoring offense and mm. scoring defense. Buffalo was there quite a bit. Now they've faltered. Who knows what's going on with Buffalo right now? And when you look at the rest of the NFC, we've talked about this too. If you're looking for the element that separates the Cardinals from the competition, the NFC, the elite of the NFC, does it not have to be on the defensive side of the ball? Paulie, it's something I've been saying all year. Well, not all year. I shouldn't say that. Something I've been saying for the last four or five weeks about this team is we all know their offense is Super Bowl caliber. Right, Paulie? I mean, yep. you look at them and you say, oh my goodness, there's Kyler Murray. Uh, what a Super Bowl talent he is. Oh, there's DeAndre Hopkins. What a Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, you look at their talent. Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz. Right. You're, you're having a hard time and, getting Zach Ertz the ball. And real quick, <laughs> you could say the same thing about the Packers with Aaron Rodgers and his receivers and those two running backs. You could say the same yes. about Tom Brady and his receivers. You could say the same about Dak Prescott and his receivers. And, yes, the Rams as well, even minus Robert Woods. Yes, Paulie. But, again, it, what my whole point has been not only do they have Super Bowl caliber offense, but what makes them a Super Bowl contender to me is their defense. Ding. Their defense. Paulie, it's, it truly is incredible to see what Vance Joseph has done with this. They have an elite scoring defense. They 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 are balling out, and you look at the offense as well, the elite scoring offense the Arizona Cardinals have, they're the best team in the league. 
If you look at this weekend's schedule, the Rams go to Green Bay, which, by the way, is our new hashtag, as you know. No Lambo. That's our mantra for the rest of the year. <laughs> nobody, and I mean nobody, especially the sideline pencil I didn't know that was neck. it, Bolly. No Lambo is our hashtag between now and the end of the year. Nobody wants to go there. I, I, so you know what? I, in a weird way, I guess I am pulling for the Rams. You know, Aaron Rodgers dealing with a toe and all that. But think about so you have that game going on, and then and then you have a Cardinals-Cowboys game in the second-to-last week of the season. That's intriguing. But if you look at the schedules and what's left for the Rams, Packers, Bucks, and Cowboys, or Jim Omohundro went through it, and you have to look at the Rams and some of the games they have left at Minnesota, at Baltimore. They play the Niners again. They've lost five in a row to Ooh. the Niners, and, and, and they have the Green Bay Packers this Sunday at oh. Lambeau. Oh boy, Paul. So yeah, ouch on that be one. Good. Yeah. It'll be LA you... Beach and then suddenly you're in Lambo. Wolf, who do you fear the most out of those four NFC contenders? Because forget the home field advantage. I still fear Aaron Rodgers, those top three receivers, and those two running backs the most, especially since they seem to have figured out their defense. It's much better than it was in September. I'm with you on that, Polly. really am, because once again, you're talking about one of the most legendary quarterbacks in the National Football League, um, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. That is a concern. Yeah. Hey, uh, single game tickets on sale now. Visit azcardinals.com slash game ticks. That's azcardinals.com slash game T-I-X. All right, look, it's one of the big party nights of the year. So, Wolf, you know, we'll let you go. You know, if you're going to gobble <laughs> till you wobble, Okay, then you got to be smart out there. Be smart out there, everybody. I just want to say this to you and everybody else. For Jim Omondro, Cody Fincher, the gobbler Ron Wolfley, I'm Paul Calvisi. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Number one, Kyler Murray! You've been listening to The Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club.